do the math, 45 years, and <laughs> it's going to whoop our kids on the ball court tomorrow night, I think. Is that right? Young man, is that right? No, it's not right. Okay, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, Brother Holmes, come say a word about that and preach to us tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for loving people and doing what very few other people have done and crisscrossing the country and going to public schools all over this land all these years. Thank you for your passion for Christ and souls. Amen. Well, I want to say this, that uh, that mu music is incredible that you have here. Don't get used to it. How many are glad that music is wonderful? And so I'm just grateful for what I hear here. And yeah, thank you. And I want you to open your Bibles to Psalms 85. <clears throat> I have an unusual sermon tonight. I think it's desperately needed in all of our lives to help us through these times. I want to preach on joy is a soul-winning tool. Joy is a soul-winning tool. How many are glad the Bible's true? Lord, we ask that you'd help us to see how much you say about joy, gladness. It's inexhaustible. And I pray that you'd help me as I preach on it to, that all of us would say the source of real joy is you. And so help us to yield to you so we can have what real joy is. In Jesus' name, amen. In Psalm 85, look at verse 6. Wilt thou not revive us again? Now, I don't know about you, but we need revival over and over. Would you agree? So the word again is written here. And what happens when we are revived again? That thy people may rejoice in thee. You look at malls, people are unhappy. Look at NBA players, they're unhappy. You look at anybody, no matter what you know, income bracket there are, whatever, only Jesus brings joy. That's where true joy comes from. Where does it come from? Turn to Psalm 43, and let me show you. Psalm 43, verse 1. I'm going to lay a foundation that is absolutely amazing. And in Psalm 43, verse 1, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For thou art the God of my strength. Now watch this. Why dost thou cast me off, and why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? I guess we're not supposed to mourn about the oppression of Fox News. Oh, send out thy light. How many believe it is still the light? And thy truth. And let those truths from the Bible lead me, and let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Now, this next verse. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why? And he asks it again. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. You say, how can we muster up a smile like a clown? How many believe God gives you a smile from the inside that a clown only has paint on his face? And do you know what I found out that was amazing? 
I found out the top suicide professions, two of them, on the top of it is air traffic controllers. It must be a real hardship to bring in planes. And the second one was clowns. Because they have tried so hard through their life to paint that smile on their face. But when you turn to God, you find out what a clown can't find out by a paint on his face. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by the sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Now listen to this, and I want everybody to shout this word when I ask you to. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. And the man who gets understanding, Proverbs 3.13, happy. Okay, say that word. Oh, I didn't think we were supposed to be happy. I thought we were supposed to be like Episcopals who come in. I know I, I was raised in it. They come in, they find their pew, you know, <laughs> and then they sit down and the whole service is like this. How many believe when we're saved by grace, it ought to be the opposite of that? You know, one of the best soul winning tools you could ever have is joy, uh, no matter what the circumstance. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. This produces joy because it, it is Jesus. How many believe the Bible is Jesus? So this man could preach over and over on one verse for the next four years. And do you know when you come back the fourth year and he's opening that same verse, you could get as much joy out of it as you did the first time. Why? Because the Bible is a person who brings joy. The Bible is Jesus who is a person. Somebody might say, well, why do I have to hear that again? I've heard it so many times already. How come I have to hear it again? All right, because this Bible is a love letter from heaven. So husbands, how many of you have your wife with you tonight? Raise your hands. Look at her right now and say, why do I have to see you? I've seen you thousands of times before. You say, I wouldn't say that to her. I'm glad it was quiet because she's a person. And this person wants to bring real joy, real joy. And so what we do is we have our eyes on the problems that don't bring joy, but the God who is overall. And by the way, God is still in control of everything. And if we could recognize this, we'd quote this loud and clear, a time to weep and a time to laugh. Do you mean laughter is taught in the Bible? All over the place. <laughs> laugh? Not at a joke but a laugh that can come from the inside out because the one who's on the inside is joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So he's able to give us a joy this world knows nothing about. In thy presence is fullness of, everybody scream it, joy. Fullness of it. A time to weep and a time to laugh. So there are times we weep, yes. Uh, I believe sometimes we get into circumstances where God even wants us to laugh at ourselves. How many of you have had a week when everything goes wrong? Raise your hands. You got up in the morning, that was the first big mistake. I had a week like that. I just met a church pastor, and they had three chairs behind the platform. And I, and I thought that the, 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 the curtain behind them was right against the wall. I didn't know there was space between the curtain and the wall. And I went to sit down, you know, I mean, I plopped myself down, and the two back legs went right off the platform, threw me in a backward somersault. And I'm there with my legs up in the air like this, and the whole church is laughing at me, like you are. And I'm, I'm sitting there 
my legs and I said, preacher, help me up. I was weeping and laughing at the same time. I went out to eat with a pastor. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it happens. Everything seems to happen crazy. But I, I, I had a sneeze come when I didn't expect it. And how many of you have ever had a sneeze when you don't expect it? He's right across from me, a sophisticated type pastor. Opposite of, no, <laughs> a sophisticated pastor who was prim and proper. And I took a bite of some string beans. <laughs> Guess what the pastor had for supper? String beans. And I was weeping and laughing at the same time. Psalm 32 says, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous. And, oh, I hold it in because once in a blue moon, I'll laugh. Really? Is that what the scripture says? Listen to this verse. And again, how many believe the Bible's God's word? So listen to God here. All right? Be glad in the Lord. And then shout for joy. All ye that are upright in heart. There ought to be more joy in here that comes from the inside than what barroom people put on the outside. Why? It's a soul winning tool. How many want to see people saved? Then the joy of the Lord can be a soul winning tool. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Psalm 146.5. John 13.17. If you know these things, Happy are ye if you do them. So you mean if I do what the pastor preaches, I'm going to have more joy? Mm -hmm. You mean I'd be able to smile in church if you do what's being preached? Listen to the scripture again. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. John 13, 17. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end. Job? Are you taking... A man who had elephantitis as a scene of joy? And he was rubbing his, his elephantitis with metal scrapes, right? He was in so much pain, lost everything. Why are you using joy, Job, as an illustration of joy? Because joy can be there no matter what you're facing on this earth. If you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Now inside your bones you have marrow, and it causes killer cells. So if you have a bad spirit and don't have joy, you are going to have less cells, blood cells, that defeat sickness. So if you have a bad spirit, Inside your bones are going to dry up. Now listen to this. Pleasant words come from a joyful heart that is thankful. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. So you can actually help somebody else get healthy. So look at the person next to you and say, you need more health. So I'm going to count my blessings and name them one by one so you can get healthier. I was in a church. And we had a volleyball night, similar to what we're going to do tomorrow night, and I hope every single person here will cheer for your pastor when he plays me one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> but we're going to have a lot of fun. But I want you to say this. 
If I got mad at referees, I wouldn't have a very good soul winning tool. Now, I've had some bad calls and people get nervous when they're going to play me. Now, guys, not one person's been injured in all four years. Four people died, but nobody has been injured. <laughs> and, but, but here it is. I, was, I, I always let the other team serve first. I've done it my whole life. And the youth pastor stopped the volleyball and gave it to me. I was shocked because one of the men in, in the gym sat there and said, we're serving. He meant it. <laughs> so I threw the ball to the other team. Guess what the youth pastor did? He stopped the ball and gave it back to me again. He got louder. We're serving. I said, absolutely. Threw the ball back. He got it again. Threw it to me. So what'd you do? I served it real quick so he wouldn't kill me. And I got it served. He was the head deacon of the church. How many think even deacons ought to have joy? And you see, something happened on the inside. I was talking, the deacons coming in. They're going to play me tomorrow night. But this guy was getting so angry about, you know what he's going to do? He's going to dry up his bones. You know what else? He's going to get unhealthy. How many believe we need some more Christians who get this soul winning tool? Laughter increases killer cells in a medical book. Wow. Once in a while, laugh? No, all the time. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. And now, hang on. In fact, I want you to go here. Look at Psalm 126 and verse 2, because this verse actually tells you how powerful this soul-winning tool is. When you get joy from fellowshipping with God, there's nothing sweeter than that. So in Psalm 126, 2. Then was our mouth filled with what? Everybody. <laughs> Laughter. And our tongue with what? Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. Why? It's a soul winning tool. There was a church where doctors and nurses were coming every Sunday down the aisle to be saved. And the pastor asked one of the doctors, why are so many doctors and nurses getting saved? He said, we have a man from your church in our intensive care unit. And he looks like a V8 engine. He has tubes up his nose and his mouth. And every opening has tubes, but he has so much joy. And we wanted to find out what made him tick. He said, go to my church. A V8 engine. Why could he be happy? Because it doesn't matter whether you have tubes up your nose. My God still brings joy. And we're so glad he does. I'm thinking right now of a woman in, that was facing the wall in the back. Uh, she, th this was a leprosy colony. And she was facing the back wall. And she would not face the speaker. He said, um, does anybody have any hymns they want to sing? And she put up her stub. All she had left was a stub and wouldn't turn around to request the hymn, but she put up her stub. But the, the guy speaking could not hear her. So she turned around. And she said, I want to sing Count Your Many Blessings. The pastor walked off out of the church and he came back in and somebody said, I guess you'll never sing that hymn again. Yeah, but never the same way. 
You say, how could she sing with her eyeballs gone, her nose gone, her teeth gone, her arms gone? Because her joy came from what was inside. Amen. And it, she became a great soul winner from that. Turn to Acts chapter 2 and look at verse 41. Joy is a soul winning tool. Acts 2.41, and then I'm going to tell you how to get the tool in just a minute. Acts 2.41 to 47. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. How many would like to see that happen in your church? What's the answer? Well, the answer is still what's in the Bible. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together. Hard to get any Christians together nowadays. And had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now watch this. And they continuing daily. How often, everybody? with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God stop right there look up here a minute how many think we're supposed to be the church where a preacher preaches the truth in context we ought to be the most praising people of any church why because we're praising God for the Bible one lady was cooking a tortilla in the oven and she took it out of the oven and she said, uh, I found Jesus' face on the tortilla. And it came from heaven. And she hung it up by a string. 8,000 people came to her house to see the tortilla from heaven. And her husband said, my wife's been more submissive to me since she met the tortilla from heaven. Now, how many of you are glad you met the God of the Bible? And shouldn't we praise more over truth than a tortilla? Now, watch what resulted here. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. Now that's why is that? Why was their praise having favor with all the people? And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Why? Because praise, gladness, and joy is a soul winning tool. Turn to Psalm 51. And this is probably the last place all of you turn. And I'll kind of just preach the rest of it. In Psalm 51, look at verse 12. David really truly confesses his sin of adultery. So the reason why we don't get joy often is we don't deal with our sins. And Psalm 51, when he wanted something back after he confessed his sin of adultery and so forth. And in verse 12, look what he says. Restore unto me the what of thy salvation. And uphold me with my, thy free spirit. Then I'll have a soul winning tool. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. People are suffering all around. I know I've been in front of six million people. They're suffering. And you know my laughing in that gym is, it does more. And in fact, I'm telling you so clearly there's a lot of heartache in this world right now. But how many of you are glad we can still as a church have joy more than any place they go to? Will you have it? These things have I spoken unto you. John 15, 11, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full, John 15, 11. We see some churches, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And you know they're just ritually reading it. 
How many believe every truth in this Bible ought to bring a joy that comes outside? Uh, count your many blessings. Oppression comes when there's no joy. Now the God of, of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. How about this one? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Now why does the filling of the Holy Spirit give you joy? Because he's not willing that any should perish. And he wants you to be a soul winner with power. Because if you have joy coming from God himself and not your circumstances, a lady, and I hope you don't get offended, but a lady in a wheelchair can be happy in spite of the wheelchair. And I, I see joy on her face. You know, how can people have joy that have been through something? Because God Almighty is the source of it. And we ought to realize this. Now, how many would agree the Bible teaches joy now? <laughs> so now, how do you get it? Now, I will have you turn to single verses and we'll be finished. Look at John 16, verse 24. How do you get the soul winning tool? <clears throat> John tells us in chapter 16, verse 24. Hitherto, have you asked nothing in my name? Ask and you shall receive, one of John Rice's favorite verses. Ask and you shall receive that your what may be full? Joy. Answers to prayer bring joy. Now George Mueller, who had 15,000 of them written down, must have whistled a lot. Joy may be full from answers to prayer. One pastor could not remember the couple's name that were getting married. He said, well, those wanting to be married, please come forward for prayer. And three widows, four men, and six single ladies came forward. <laughs> we want prayer. But God does answer prayer. Do you believe that? Amen. I mean, it's so thrilling when God answers prayer. I remember when my wife was driving and I had to lay in the back seat because I started this whole thing with back problems. My wife was driving and I was laying down by faith. She's driving, and every bump she hit in the road was killing me. I said, honey, let's get off this exit and have a night's rest. I said, Lord, please take care of my back, because we got a long trip. So we went into the hotel. And I'm coming in the hotel like this, and the lady at the desk said, you seem to have a back problem. I said, no, ma'am, I enjoy walking like this. It's fun. <laughs> she said, I've got a chiropractor who will really help you. And I thought, what doctor's going to see me at 7 at night? And right now, I don't have a lot of money for a chiropractor. How many know what a chiropractor is? <laughs> right? And it works. Well, she, he insisted that send him over here at 7. So I walked in. I said, thank you for seeing me on a short notice. He said, lie on this table. I'll be with you shortly. So I'm laying on the table looking up at a sticker that he put up there for all his patients to read. Jesus saves now I began to think, what's he going to do to me? <laughs> it could have said, prepare to meet God. I'm about to adjust you. <laughs> well, sure enough, they get your mind off of what they're doing, and they snap you around. <laughs> and he said, what do you do in your life's work? I said, I travel the country doing school assemblies and preaching. He said, you're born again. I said, yes. He said, so am I. I went to leave. He said, take it as an offering to your ministry. I got in the car, and I was so amazed, told my wife, you know, for, it's amazing. 
It feels a little better. So she drove the next morning another five hours. I said, let's find another chiropractor. I thought maybe a second adjustment would even help more. So I went through a strange town, never been there before, and I saw the sign, chiropractor. I walked in. He said, I can see you're in pain. Come right in. So I did. And he adjusted me. And he got friendly and asked what I was doing in my career. And I told him I preach the gospel and do school. He said, you're saved? I said, yes. He said, so am I. And he didn't charge me a penny. And then my wife drove another six hours or so. I said, honey, let's find one more chiropractor. <laughs> Do you know what God did? He led me to a third born-again chiropractor. When he found out I was a Christian, he didn't charge me. So from there, I went to the Cadillac dealer and told him. <laughs> I was, no, <laughs> I didn't do that, Pastor. Last time I'll ever preach here. But, but the truth is, God led me to three chiropractors in three different towns. Guess what I had? Joy. And I, I have, if I wanted to go another hour, I could tell you about ten stories just like that one. But God does bring joy. And when you have answers to prayer, it's amazing. Then the second way you get joy, look at Luke 2.10. How do you get the soul winning tool? Answers to prayer. Pray specifically so you can write down specific answers. Right? And the more answers you write down, the more you're going to be laughing and smiling. You know what? Our brother right here, when he left the pulpit telling about his soul winning experience, his, he was smiling ear to ear. Because soul winning, and we'll get into that in a minute. I'm ahead of myself. I'm so excited to show you the next points. Look at Luke 2.10. The angel said unto them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to some of the people I care about no which shall be to all people show that to a Calvinist there be many who will say who will show us any good Lord lift up the light of thy countenance on us I'm going to go to church because I've been here for as a as a tradition and I've been here since the beginning but I, I, I just haven't smiled for years then you need the soul winning tool now, I know it's going to get more quiet if you're mad now. I better brace up. Well, many will expect something bad to happen. So they, they don't have any hope. Have you ever seen anybody worry and be happy at the same time? Ever see a little child, two or three years old, worried about global warming? No, and why do children look happy? Because fear robs you of joy. So how do you get joy? You cast out fear. And you have your eyes on God, and God will give you the soul winning tool. And I, I confess, there's times I've wanted to throw a brick through the news stations. But all I'd get is smoke out of the TV. And it would not accomplish a thing. Well, why are they doing all this? And we got to watch out that we lose our joy. And who will show us any good? Right? We can trust God to work. I don't care what year it is. I don't care what's happening around us. How many believe we still serve a great God? Now, I can't wait to show you this. Turn to John chapter 10, verse 4. So when we worry about our direction in life, 
we have trouble smiling then. And I believe the Holy Spirit is pointing his finger on why a lot of independent Baptist churches have become funeral services. And we don't have the soul winning tool because of it. Now look at this. In John 10, 4, he put, when he putteth forth his own sheep, watch the next statement, he goeth before them. For the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. How many are glad you'll never be disappointed following him? So watch this. When he puts forth his sheep, he goes before them. In other words, God gets everywhere we're going before we get there. What's kept you going to 6,000 schools? God's there before I get there. Yeah, but you don't always feel like playing, do you? No. But I have news for you. God's been there every single time because he's there before I get there. So God, Jesus is in front of us, which means I'm already playing tomorrow night. Jesus is in front of us. Bring unsaved people. Take them to beatbob.com and let them see the Minnesota Vikings playing me on a video at Beat Bob and try to get them here tomorrow night. How many think people need Jesus? So invite folks tomorrow night, adults, everybody. So God goes before us, why should we worry? If Jesus is there before I get there, why should I worry? Why should I say, okay, take, Satan, take my joy. I'll not be able to win souls anymore, but take my joy. No, Jesus says, hey, I'm there before you get there, so that ought to make you thrilled. And I'll tell you, there's two times I'm nervous. One of the times that I'm, I'm like this is at a drive-thru. My daughters order coffee. Do you have Dunkin' Donuts here? And my, it doesn't sound like you do, but... Uh, not a good one. I go up to Dunkin' Donuts window and they say, I want this, 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 and this. And I am so trembling because I don't think I'm going to do it right. And uh, I, I am just so nervous. You put me in a gym of 16,000 I had once. I was like living on a sofa. I felt so happy and joyful. But at a drive through I said, my daughter wants a coffinated caffeine. And do you know what happened at my next drive-through? This order is to go. I said to the lady, no. <laughs> but there's a second time I get nervous, and that's in a hospital room trying to encourage somebody. And often we will say to them, God's with you. What are we saying? He was in the hospital room before you got here. So you don't have to lose your joy at all. I was going to Charlotte, North Carolina. How many know where that is? You're in North Carolina. So I went to Charlotte and a businessman came to one of my programs. And he said, I like what you're doing. I might want to get you in our public schools. In fact, we have 300 and something high, or 100 and something high schools. I said, I'd love to come in. And so five months later went by and I left him a voicemail. And I said, I'd like to still come to Charlotte. Would you show the superintendent my video at beatbob.com? He was in an airport in Phoenix, Arizona. I understand there's a Phoenix, North Carolina. I was in they, he was in Phoenix when he heard me give it on the voicemail. Would you show my video to the superintendent? 
He's in the airport terminal, and he looks up after hearing the voicemail, and guess who walked in 2,000 miles away? The superintendent of the Charlotte schools. And he was scheduled to sit with him on the airplane. How could that happen? God Almighty, how many believe we have a God that works? And because he's there before we get there, he could bring the superintendent and be even scheduled to sit with him on the plane. It's amazing. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Turn your eyes on the one who has the controls. In the World War, a, a, a guy was trying to drop a bomb, and no matter what he did, he couldn't drop the bomb. He was a believer during the World War, and he couldn't release the bomb. Guess what he found out years later? There were missionaries doing mission work right where he was going to drop the bomb. And he said, God stopped the controls because Jesus was with him before he released or made it so he couldn't release it. How wonderful is our God. And that's why he says, in all thy ways acknowledge me and I'll direct your path. Why? I like to be recognized, God says. So if you keep recognizing me, I'll keep directing you. Because if you don't fear and you're trusting in me and you can smile again then, and, um, from the inside and God is being worshipped in your life and you're getting the joy from heaven, then God is going to be acknowledged because how he's there before us and God, because he's acknowledged, he says, I'll direct your path then. Why? Because you're not stooping to this crazy world. And you're not saying, well, I guess I shouldn't have joy today. Now, I'm not saying we don't have burden for what's going on in our, and hurting people. But yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk 3.18. I was amazed. I mean, this sermon could go six hours tonight. But how many of you are glad the Holy Spirit is not leading me to do that? <laughs> Nobody raised a hand? So I'll preach for six hours. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. That's the opposite of worry. Rest, everybody say rest, is the opposite of worry. John Wesley said, I would no more worry than curse God. Why? Because it's cursing God. God, you can't do this. So I'm going to devise the schemes. Because God, you're not really there before I get there, are you? God says, if you're a sheep, you are following me. And I want to give you a joy you've never had in your life. Amen. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. All right, let's see if you're with me. And everybody say, first, if we're going to get the soul winning tool, we've got to have answers to prayer. Secondly, cast out what? Fear. And then I'm going to say one more thing. Turn to Psalm 126.5. This is my last point, but it's longer than any of the other. No. <laughs> Psalm 126.5 and 6. Look what this says. And again, how many in this church believe the Bible is true? Amen. Then why don't you come and sit in the front row next Sunday and while the pastor's preaching, say, Amen, preacher! I'm not going to sit in the back because Donald Trump followers wait all night in the rain to go hear him so they can get a front seat. How many believe God's man is more important than any politician? 
So what you ought to say is, I am going to have joy unspeakable, and I'm going to shout amen more than I ever have, because God has been in my, I've been in the presence of God, and because of that, I've got joy. So how do you get joy as a third point? In Psalm 126.5, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. How many are glad the Bible is precious seed? Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. What was Brother Hamilton looking like after he gave the soul-winning experience? A big smile. Why are churches so miserable? Because only 10 of the 300 people go out soul-winning. I know you don't want to hear this. At, even in big places, you see the crowd that's going soul winning versus the 2,000 on Sunday morning, and you would be in shock. Now, I know you can win souls and be influenced whether you go to a program or not, but I'm saying how many are glad when people get saved? Because when you sow in tears, you'll reap in joy. And I'll seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which is broken and strengthen that which is sick. I have fun in gymnasiums, but I'll be honest with you, when a boy writes me an email and it says stuff like this, you came to my school to show that you care, I felt you not only wanted change, but you wanted to show people what causes the change, and that's Jesus Christ. I believe in the Lord Jesus you represented, and I went home and told my mother all about what you said at our school, and at the gospel rally I learned that Jesus Christ took my pain on the cross, and you presented the belief that Jesus Christ and the joy he brings uh, pr pr presented me a way out. I thought I was trapped forever. I'm in a college in New York City, <laughs> right in, what was it, Brooklyn or Manhattan. And I walked in a gym full of people ready to try to beat me. And I was in this gym packed in New York City. I said, Lord, what do you want me to speak to them after I play volleyball? And I read this in the sermon. When God wanted to save man from its sinful ways, how does he do it? First, he becomes a baby that cries Jesus. God in the flesh, born to a teenage mother in, the, in, in a cave in the side of a hill and placed in a cow trough. What? No palace, no red carpet. He grows up and becomes a carpenter. No fast-track education at Harvard University. No cushy desk job. A carpenter cutting down trees, sawing wood into planks, and then building things. When he began his ministry, he slept on the sides of the road, no national headquarters, and no executive suites. Who would you find washing dirty feet, touching a stinking leper, having dinner with a traitor and welcoming a dirty woman, and dying the worst death known to man called the cross, and after he died and after he was buried, he came back to life. And you know a man walked, about 300 got saved that night, and a man walked up to me. He said, did you know you were speaking in a Jewish college? I said, no, I didn't. But how many believe the gospel is for everybody? And it has the power to reach people. So I walked out of the gym happy because they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. But thou, Lord God, are a God full of compassion, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy. But you know why? We don't have joy. I don't want to end in a sad note. But I will say this. I had eight schools lined up in the state of Maine. 
How many? Eight. I was going to play volleyball and, and speak to the kids in the daytime and then invite them back to the gospel rally. About seven or 8,000 kids. And then the pastor said, we're canceling the meeting. And this was an independent Baptist church. He said, we're canceling. I said, did the schools cancel? He said, no, but the deacons of our church thought there wouldn't be any room in our Sunday school for those who got saved. No room. So I prepared a sermon. No room in the independent Baptist church. I went to another place. They had, and by the way, that's why there's no joy. I went to a place where they had two, uh, two, 300 visitors came to their midweek service. They had a submarine sandwich the whole length of the gym. And I ate half of it. And that's, they had the program all lined up. They had the submarine sandwich from one end to the other. Then I was to play three teams. And after the third game, I was to preach. And everybody knew it because we announced it. There were 200 regular church people and 300 visitors. I was ready to preach. I noticed a big exit of people, at least 200. And the pastor walked up, he said, don't feel bad. All the people that just left are my regular church people. He said, all the lost people are still here because they're, they're used to getting out of prayer meeting at 8.30. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy, right? Whatever happened to people caring? I told him about a guy having a heart attack next to the window on an airplane. I think I might have mentioned it in Sunday school. And he was having a heart attack, and the man in the middle seat would not get up so the paramedics could get to him. And guess what? The man looked absolutely the opposite of joy. He looked miserable. Now, can I ask you a question? How many believe going to a lake of fire forever is worse than having a heart attack? How many? Raise your hand if you believe that. So do you get out of your middle seat or do you look sour every week? Well, there's a whole world dying. Kids are killing themselves more than what died of COVID last year. And more of them are killing themselves now. And I'm so glad I got a call from a school today that wants to have the assemblies. How many of you would like it if God would open this way? So pray that God will do it because I'll tell you what, you'll have more joy seeing a gym full of lost people hearing the gospel and knowing you are a part of it. And uh, I'm just so grateful that your pastor has a vision for this. I'm so grateful that Brother Hamilton uh, has a joy when he tells a soul-winning story. And uh, I think I'm glad for you, too. <laughs> One thing you see on his face all the time is joy. Number one, answers to prayer. Number two, cast out fear. Number three, sow in tears. Don't close up the Sunday school and church because there wouldn't be room for those who would get saved. Let's bow in prayer. Now, I do believe this was an unusual sermon, and I was shocked when I went through the Bible and saw how much of this subject is taught in the Bible. 
We will never have revival. Now, isn't it interesting the word revival was used in the first verse, that thy people may rejoice in thee. We all cry out for revival. How are we going to have it? Get the soul winning tool. How are we going to have it? Get a burden for this lost world and weep for them. Tomorrow night, we have a chance for you to bring folks. There's pizza. And you could say to a neighbor, why don't you come see one guy beat a team tomorrow night? Or try to. <laughs> and, and bring them with you. And if they get saved, guess what you're going to have on your face tomorrow night? Joy. Pastor will close at this time. Thank you for having me so much. And by the way, thank you for making me feel so at home. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just use altar tonight. Pianist playing. Let's ask God for a harvest. Let's stand together. Father, use us, please.